move to the portion of the podcast where I switch to my uh, green tea. Nice. <sighs> Matt, Matt I have, I have, I'm fully caffeinated for this. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch of, uh, you know, not shot glasses, but uh, mugs full of different caffeinated beverages. I, 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 I'm drinking uh, the hard stuff. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> Such a health nut. I know, right? <laughs> Water. Water. Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Our desire to get people together is what helps us get through the work of getting the conference together. So <laughs> nice. We're pretty excited to, uh, to we're, I, uh, we'll announce all the speakers shortly. And yeah, it's going to be really, really exciting. So many people and um, we're very pleased to welcome you, Chris Chapman from Mac Stadium to the Mac DevOps podcast today because um, Mac Stadium has been a fearless and courageous and awesome sponsor in the past for us. And we really appreciate it as well as we just like Mac Stadium anyway, because they just have really cool services and a cool platform and they're cool kids. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thank you. It's super great to be here. And, and we we love and, and continue to love to support the conference. So we, we it's very awesome, this community of Mac focused people and, and you guys have done so much for it. And we've enjoyed going and then what you've done online has been super amazing too so i love continuing to support that yeah i mean we were fans of um, mac mini colo and mac stadium and we heard about them as a sponsor for the conference was because some of our attendees were like hey we're doing a lot of work with mac stadium they're really awesome you should you know (laughs) just ask them to sponsor you because we just want them to come to the conference and we just want to talk to them and we love working with them. And I was like, oh, that's how we love finding sponsors for the conference. It's people <laughs> attending the conference going, we work with this great company. They're awesome. You just, you got to bring them in because they're just cool. Like, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and every time we show up and go and getting to talk to you guys and those people is super energizing because you hear all the things and starting to go, what, you're doing that? Oh, we, we could, we could help with that. So. <laughs> That's that's Very the cool cool. thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the past, you've talked about Orca, which is your virtualization platform. Yeah. A nice Orca shirt, too. Yeah. <laughs> All about the, the swag. You know? I know. I have the, I have the, the YVR hoodie from the, the conference last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. This is definitely the best colors until we reveal the new the new logo Ooh. and the new, new, uh, new colors. Yeah. I love the Orca. I love nice. the name. Love the, it's all about the swag. And uh, yeah. How's, how's it been uh, going with Orca? The, tell us a little bit about it. Maybe tell us a little bit, uh, Record Scratch. How did you get into this uh, <laughs> thing called yeah. Mac Stadium? And let's start with Chris. <laughs> good, 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 good question. Orca, Orca's been going well, but to, to rewind how I brought Kubernetes into Mac Stadium, which is a bit of a, I don't know, a weird mess. I, you know, I've, I've been in tech forever, it feels like, but uh, pretty much like a computer engineer and software gun for hire forever and a day, consulted a lot, jumped around to companies a lot, then somehow got addicted to startups maybe about 10 or 12 years ago. And I, I, can't, I can't quite get that out of my system or at least the, the uh, chronic need to create and control when I get into some tech space. So uh, 
Started with a software as a service platform cloud creator company called True North. And we went somewhere along the way and decided it was a good idea to convert our Sun Microsystem stack that we built everything on into a Mac XServe stack. Um, wow. and I don't know what possessed us, but we did it. And we're using all the directory and identity management tools of the wonderful XServe platform at the time and uh, all the challenges there. And then uh, that kind of sucked me into this whole Mac world, or at least good bit with that, although that wasn't exclusively focused on Apple. And then from that company, I went into one where I built a platform and ran part of an MSP. So it was somewhat of an MSP, but also we built a platform to help the MSP called Datacentric and the platform was called Virtual Command. But one of the things it did was connect a lot of resources to a lot of other resources, one of the resource types being Macs. So we were enabling people to carry their Macs around, but get Linux and Windows and SaaS and all this other stuff sort of pulled into their little world. And through that company, I ran into Mac Stadium, started doing projects with them and using their cloud as backing just the bare metal part. But we were presenting basically Mac resources to uh, educational customers who were running Mac labs or um, people who were coding on their laptop but wanted to use Mac Stadium's resources in the cloud and sort of have this software-based connection through the web. That went really well to the point where, you know, Mac Stadium started working with us a bit more. And at some point, partly because of how we were managing the infrastructure with them, we, we decided we wanted more control and we started trying to virtualize and containerize Mac OS on their hardware. And the minute we started doing that, they kind of came around and said, what, what you doing? And we said, well, we're trying to, you know, make this a little easier. It's, you guys are great, but we want to be able to press buttons and do all this. And um, they're like, that's kind of cool. You need to come in. We've been trying to do more automation, orchestration, and all those things. And so that was my intro into their world about four years ago. And I landed there and built the software team, the IT team, and now have a product and customer solutions team kind of all rolled up. But that weird sort of experiment we were doing outside the walls with orchestration led to Orca because we were using Kubernetes and we were using other things. And they're like, all right, well, quit fiddling around and really put proper focus on this and let's containerize Mac OS and move it around across our infrastructure and see where that goes. And that was me and that was how Orca came to be. And then we sort of tabled that virtual command concept, but they bought that and us with all of it. And ironically enough, four years later, Orca's doing great and virtual commands resurfacing and coming out again, but in very Mac focused cloud delivery form. So getting multiple product life cycles out of my, my journey here. <laughs> that's, that's quite a journey. And I think Apple and Apple Legal has also uh, been on a journey too and made things a little bit clearer and uh, <laughs> perhaps easier for that kind of R&D and, and, and product to exist. For sure. And, it, and it's, you know, that, that's always been the dance, right? Is I think ever since I've been at Mac Stadium, it's always been, that's really cool. What does Apple think about you guys? <laughs> in, in a way of, we really like this, but are they going to kill you tomorrow? And is all my stuff going to go away? And, and we always have to go, we don't think so, but it's Apple. And who, but um, we have a, a, a pretty positive relationship with Apple. And we certainly historically and even presently try to always sort of stay in line with what we believe they think the line is, although that's subject to variety and change. And, and we do have conversations with them as much as they will converse with us, which is, <laughs> again, the right way of saying is, you know, they, they will listen and they will say, but it's more tea leave reading on our side than direct thou shalt or thou shalt nots. But 
I will say as we've evolved Orca, as we've evolved how we present hosted Macs and what people should or shouldn't do with them and how Apple interprets their EULA, we've had growing conversations with them and they have, we feel like we're pretty lined up with what they're doing both physically and virtually at this point to the to the point where we're, we've even been lucky enough to have conversations with their product people and their product teams that are working on hypervisor framework and things like that and been able to provide feedback on what we do and don't like and and they seem receptive and they haven't said and we're taking you out tomorrow so that's that's a that's a great thing and showing us in the 2018 keynote was a big boost for us too because i'm like okay well they're not going to put us on stage with pictures if they really think we don't need to exist and you know since then we've done things like helped with the arm transition with helping the developer community get their head around figuring out how to make all this arm stuff work has been a big big help and i think they recognize at least the support and influence we have in the the app developers ecosystem which is helpful to them at least in a tangential way so <laughs> yeah i mean what what kind of workloads or use cases are you seeing with mac stadium uh, a few years ago we, uh, we had got uh, sponsored by buddy build which is now part of apple and yes. until I, I saw their stuff, they actually approached us and said, you know, we, we think you're cool. You should see what we're doing. We want to sponsor you and tell people about that kind of work. And I, I'd never, since I'm in more on the IT side, I'd never seen sort of the, the iOS dev build sort of stuff. And and uh, I, I was like, oh, wow, I see what you're doing. Oh, okay. So that's why you're virtualizing macOS because you want different Xcode versions. And so I guess a lot of people use Mac Stadium for iOS development. Yeah, I actually... That's really what kind of blew Mac Stadium up from its infancy to where it is today. You know, they, like you said, Mac Mini Colo and, and they sort of sprung up actually to be fully fair to Mac Mini Colo and Brian works for us now. So I can, I'm pretty confident in talking about what he does, but our original tech founders were basically spun out of a traditional data center, but hosting strange things like Mac and other things. And he went out to Vegas to see things and ran into Mac Mini Colo and was like, well, that's kind of cool. I bet I could do that because I'm a Georgia Tech engineer and I'll go engineer it up and it'll be super awesome. And 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 he did and put a cool web page, but he sort of missed the Mac as his own little world of ecosystems and influencers. And that Mac Mini Colo guy has some other intangibles that you maybe didn't see sitting in the rack, which was him and his influence in the community and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So as I grabbed him in, that really helped. But what really, really helped was one fine day when a customer came along and said, I, I want 20. And, and it wasn't, you know, to that point, it was to your point, it was like IT stuff. Somebody wanted a Mac in the cloud to do their their stuff or their website or their bento box or Adobe tools or whatever. And they're like, why the heck would somebody want 20 Macs? Especially there's a lot cheaper ways to do a web server. Gosh, that's OK, whatever. Good for us. And they put it up there. And within two days, they called back and said, this is great. We need 100. And they lost their minds because at the time it was go to the Apple store and get X number of minis because that was the supply chain. So they had to go to multiple states to get all the minis and do all the things. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah, and they're like, huh, we should really work on like an Apple CDW relationship thing here to make this easier. But, but they had the wherewithal to ask them, hey, what what gives, what kind of web server does this stuff? And they're like, no, 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 no. We're, we're building apps and anything that goes on your Mac or your iPhone or your iPad, you got to compile it on Apple hardware. And they're like, oh, well, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, CI/CD, CI what? Take notes. Uh, <laughs> get into that world. That led them into VMware, and that's when they started hacking a little bit on VMware and Apple, um, which 
was sort of a supported but not supported kind of a thing. VMware supported it if it happened to work, but didn't make any strong effort to support it. But that really blew their cloud up. And, and from there on out, it was, I would say, it went from that one customer to almost most of the customers being CI focused. I would say the, the Mac Stadium, you know, from an online perspective where you can go online and get any, that's still a, an awesome part of the business. And that's probably the ones where it's a large variety of users and use cases. And then most of what the sales team gets directly are name your company coming in and going, hey, I got 20 developers. We can't keep Mac Minis on our desk all day. This is crazy. Can you please help us? And it's all CI-based. So that really drove that. And then again, the, the, with the My Journey part, I found out as I got in, the reason they were keenly interested in that is VMware and them were working, but you know they didn't really control their destiny there. And they're like, you've just gotten something that we can control our virtualization destiny and our orchestration destiny. We really want to take this to the next level and be a cloud for CI, but also a cloud for all the other things people could use Mac for. Let's go start figuring out how to do all that. So I kind of pivoted that situation. And then, uh, like I said, the virtual command stuff that we're, we're entering early beta in the next month is going to be probably more in that IT use case where you're talking about because with COVID, with global supply chain and with everything, we've got tons of customers either renting Macs online or doing stuff, but they're like, what we really want is we want to be able to give people access to Macs until we can get a Mac in their hands. And we want to give them a playground to sandbox their stuff. And we want to give them you know, give and take it really quick. And we don't have time to wait two months for my contractor to get on with his Mac. Can you help? How, how do we do this? And we like the bare metal, but it's also a pain in our butt. How do we manage this? What do we do? So this will be a sort of a a user-driven web interface way of getting Macs on demand that are virtual, that come off of genuine Apple hardware, that try to stick to the Apple plan. And, you know, with mm -hmm. ARM now, like you said, they've made it much more clear, not only in the EULA, but if you try to spin up more than two on a machine, it pretty much doesn't. So uh, that's pretty unambiguous at this point. <laughs> so does Orca help you run multiple Mac instances like on one physical hardware, or does it help you with like, I have 20 and I want to wander now? No, it does a little bit of both. So or Orca... Orca basically takes a Mac OS and puts it in a container that Kubernetes can then orchestrate in its normal Kubernetes way. And we layer that on top of Apple hardware. So it carves up, Kubernetes carves up the resource of the Mac uh, as much as it's allowed to. And then, so you can put one or more. In Intel land, it was a little more gray as to how many was allowed. It was more resource was the limit. Uh, on ARM, there is a hard, Hypervisor framework, two VMs, thou shalt not. You get a nice Apple-specific message that says no more than two. But what it does is it lets you sort of create a pool of your different kinds of Mac images. It lets you hook it to tools like Jenkins or BuildKite or back in the day it was BuddyBuild, which is now we know Xcode Cloud or mm -hmm. the evolution into Xcode Cloud, those kinds of things, and spread it across a fleet of, say, 500 Macs. And so you want 20 teams running pipelines all day long, banging across 500 Macs as much as possible with XYZ builds. And it just kind of helps that scale and that orchestration take place because when you try to cobble that together yourself with bare metal and with a combination of tools, it becomes a, a full-time job to just do that part of it, much less the code you're supposed to write. So 
You didn't want to hire, you know, interns just to carry VMs across, you know, the air gap <laughs> from one machine. Come on. Like. That's right. Little USB keys, like the old yeah. kind of patch panel phone kind of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. That, that's the other good part about the backstadium part, right, is they're, uh, you know, on top of that, kind of somewhat over-engineered for some of the enterprise client because it was serving the needs of the enterprise clients, but now it benefits everyone is, you know, giant Cisco switch fabric frameworks and pure storage arrays that are crazy lightning fast. And so now we get to, I, I luckily just get to write the software that lives on top of this and go, wow, this is got some of the fastest stuff out there. So this is, I don't have to solve those kind of problems <laughs> where I'm like, hey, is that hard drive still dangling off the back and can we patch it to the other one? <laughs> Speaking for myself and maybe others in my position, you know, sometimes having physical hardware on your desk is good for some initial testing. Like I've been playing with Fleet and OS Query and Docker. But yeah. when, when I, after I test things and I go, okay, well, I've tested on my mini fleet at home, which is a lot of machines, but when I want to go into production, where would you say, you know, like, how would you say, like, when you talk to people like, okay, you've tested that in Docker or you've tested that now, take it to production, you know, put it, bring it to Mac Stadia, make it solid. Make it yeah. 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 You can roll it out across a lot bigger numbers. Well, even with things like uh, Jump Cloud or Jamf or, or, or Kanji or anything like that, it, you know, sometimes you... You want to really mess up a machine or start testing your your, your patch and automation, and like you said, it's definitely vital to have something physical when you brick it the first four times and you can't touch it. Um, although if you do, we're happy to go press the button and unbrick it, but uh, you know that can get a little time delayed. Mm -hmm. You know, at scale, especially with a virtual machine, if in, in Mac Stadium you're you're you may be bricking it, but you just spin up ten more and you go, okay, well this is where that went wrong, and and then you can. Say, what does this do when I deploy it across this many things at once? Or we have folks that do security research and they, it's always fun to get on a call with bigger customers and go, we, we really like this Orca thing and the fact that you can isolate VMs from one another. What we want to do is we want to put these viruses in it that we don't know what they do and then help our antivirus software learn how to fight them. And I'm like, that's cool and all unless our stuff doesn't. <laughs> You know, asking for a friend, uh, me, um, but, uh, you know, like I've been doing a lot of uh, more testing in, in Docker and stuff and getting away mm -hmm. from running stuff on Mac minis, like specifically in Mac OS. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm a big XN and, and, and that kind of storage kind of type. But for the server app, which has kind of gone and been discontinued and people yeah. were using for Apache and even PHP, which has now been removed. And I, I work with like Monkey Report, which uses uh, PHP for uh, reporting on Monkey, which uh, that installs packages and stuff like that. But right. I've been moving, been troubleshooting PHP problems on the Mac OS, trying to like get that to work. And then realized that, oh, I could set this up in Docker in like two minutes instead of spending hours troubleshooting a Mac OS PHP when I can just spin up a Docker Compose or even a Docker Run command. Uh -huh. So I'm just wondering, you know, like for people like me that have the same problem, like how easy would it be to take these Docker Compose files of, you know, monkey report or fleet and then go, now I want to run this in Mac Stadium in Orca or something or... Yeah, uh, you know, that that's kind of part of what we do with Orca is that Orca is sort of multi... It's Kubernetes as a foundation, which is, you know, basically orchestrated Docker swarm in a way, right? And that was a big driver behind it because as a developer, I sat in there going, you know, I see the problem, but I also see like all these people come to Mac Stadium and they're like, the rest of our dev team gets to work like this with AWS and Docker and instantaneous builds. And then our Mac guys, and they're over in the corner with the Mac mini under the desk and what cables everywhere. And, mm -hmm. and it was like, well, 
we could bring those to parity where you could pretty much kind of work the same way and the resource on the back end was just the resource on the back end. So that kind of drove the why Kubernetes because in one hand you'd be like, why would you put that big thing on top of Mac? But that was the reason so that you can do stuff like that. You can get in an Orca space and Orca knows how to tell how, how to tell Kubernetes what to do about Apple, but it also is just normal Kubernetes where you can pardon off a space and go, I need 10 Docker containers that do a web server and a, you know, a monkey server and a whatever, 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 and have them all running alongside and then hitting your virtual Macs on the other side of it as a software-defined network that you spun up out of thin air with a compose file and it all works together super quick. How do you work with teams or do you work with teams or do you just give them an instance and say, figure it out? Or do you work with go, hey, what are your applications and, and let's see how to get it working with Orca? Well, we're, we're moving towards more, you know, providing tools and working with teams better. We do provide plug a lot of plugins. So a lot of like Packer and Terraform and Ansible and, you know, name your favorite CI platform so that you can, there's an Orca plugin for that so that you can start where you know. We also do hand over an Orca environment and go, here's your infrastructure Mac as code environment. Um, but we do have, I do have a customer solutions team because we did that at first and we ended up between the developers and the customers engaged a lot in like, okay, we, we understand this Orca thing you said, but how, we, how the hell do you drive this thing? And what are, what are, what are we supposed to do? I'm trying to do this. Yeah. So we have a customer solutions team that really takes you through onboarding and examples, and then they will help like look at stuff and go, okay, so what are you trying to do? Like, here's how we do basic stuff in Orca. Let's see if we can figure out how to make your stuff fit that. And It'd be a good, um, a good workshop idea or some R&D time that we could go, hey, let's figure out how to get Monkey Report or Fleet or other common like Mac, you know, DevOps IT things in Orca or running, you know, on Mac Stadium. And then, then people would say, oh, that works. It's easy. Yeah. And hey, then... I yeah. see a few people using that then, you know, because I've seen some, you know, a friend of the pod or a friend of ours, Prima, she said uh, she did a blog post and was going to talk about how to get Kubernetes in running in Amazon. But not everybody's got, not everybody is plugged in Amazon. Nobody wants, you know, doesn't have the budget. If you're plugged in Amazon, then great, right? But if, if you're not there already, then maybe it doesn't always make sense to just jump into that. So maybe it makes sense to jump in, you know, like say Mac Stadium, for example, right? Like, yeah. hey, let's try something here instead of reinvent or jump into like an un unlimited bill problem with AWS. Right. You know, we have to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we and we use AWS on the back end of our stuff. And one of the, the, the blessings and curses of AWS is I get my DevOps engineer calling me every other month going, hey, uh, the report for the price limit on our instance needs to go up another thousand bucks because guess what? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> and before you know it, it the... The first one's free, and then all of a sudden you're in it for <laughs> yeah, many then, thousands then of dollars a month. Following Quinny Pig and talking about AWS bills and billing and names of services, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I, you know, that that's the bigger vision of Mac Stadium, and especially bringing software like Orca into it, is to really start to provide a, a user-driven, web-enabled experience where. You can drive Macs like any other AWS, GCP, Azure type cloud and do all the different kind of things that you're doing there where you have this sort of sandbox of resources to put networks together and hosts together and storage together. And But it's very Apple-centric, Apple-focused, Apple-driven and the tools around it. And my, 
hope is as we go to that and we enable more plugins and more CI systems and things like that, that the community themselves becomes able to drive, you know, we like to do that. Look at what we put together. Look at how we Mm -hmm. did this. We have a developer advocate who does a lot of blog articles for us. And he started doing things like, uh, for example, like GitHub, done a lot of little interesting little GitHub runner kind of things where you can do that and written a bunch of articles about, you know, how Python might work with it or things like that. And so we're really trying to fuel that same kind of creativity because we can't think of all the things and I don't think we want to, but, <laughs> but we know there's lots of cool stuff out there. Certainly in my self-interested, uh, selfish uh, use cases, I'd love to see, you know, how to, or if it makes sense to use Orca or if it's just, you know, makes sense just, to, I mean, you could spit up Docker on a Mac mini as easy, you know, on my tests to Mac yeah. mini and a prod one, but it makes sense to, you know, make it more of a service, like how to spin up monkey report or different services, or you can get a, a, you know, an instance with monkey, like it's just Apache and monkey report. Yeah. Apache and or any whatever <laughs> and PHP, you know, and yeah, people find different use cases. I mean, uh, I, I remember last year I was talking with a friend who's uh, working at uh, Teradici, and he's like, "Hey, do you know anybody at Max Stadium?" And I'm like, "I do actually know some people at Max Stadium." He's like, "We want to do something cool." And so I remember, you know, I know I obviously know a few of you, but then I, I reached out to Brian and I was like, "Hey, Brian, you want to talk to anybody at Teradici?" He's like, "I'll find someone." You know, it's like. <laughs> Fast forward to now, we, we yeah. did talk to Teradici a lot. <laughs> you definitely did. Uh, and I see that there's a lot of cool product announcements from that synergy. Uh, you know, people in the VFX world, like everybody else who are big on and ter- using Teradici for remote access, you know, that they're working at home. And so figuring out how to access Mac resources, you know, securely with your favorite way. And so, yeah, how's that going? And you do you know anything about what... The popularity of that, or is it people? Yeah, uh, so so we worked with them. Uh, as you know, they've they've now aimed at Mac, which was great. Uh, I've followed and loved them for years. From again back in some of those earlier companies where we were trying to do SaaS products, and you're always looking for how the heck to not have somebody stab their eyes out when they're working on a remote computer with VNC or RDP or whatever it is, and their protocol was always awesome, but. You know, back in the day, it was hardware accelerated hockey pucks or in prototype or actual cards. And then they got into the, the, the software itself. And, and so we were really excited when they came and, and said, you know, we want to address Mac and we've got a product for it. And we're like, oh, OK, this is kind of cool. So so we did partner with them heavily, uh, created a product that we deliver called Cloud Access, which is effectively Mac Stadium's version of Teradici delivering Macs in, at Mac Stadium. It's a one-to-one host, so you're you're still getting bare metal on the back end, but you're going through Teradici to get to it instead of just here's a bare metal mini and go figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. And we provide a license server so you can get the Teradici clients and you can have as many as that. And then after that, you kind of configure your world the way you want to. So we're we're really excited like that. It's been pretty popular that the pivot for us there was obviously, as you said, it's the it's the it's the VFX people and the creatives and the and that's sort of a different marketplace for Mac Stadium. So I think from a from a sales and understanding side, we're still getting our head around the right way to talk to all those people and the right conferences to go to and the right sort of exposure there. But we have a lot of them coming in and a lot of them using it. And then we have a lot of people just, again, back to the virtual command use case, kind of coming in generically going, I just need to get people to Max as quickly as possible. And they start with that, but there's... That's the reason for the two products is the virtual command one is going to integrate the Teradici protocols and things like that, but sort of accommodate some of the 
the, the flexible workforce use case more than just the creative use case. So more of a general desktop versus a creative desktop. But but yeah, we, we're, we're really excited. They're, they're really good. They obviously got gobbled up by HP in the middle of all of that. And that created a certain amount of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, as you can imagine. So far, it's been still good and we're still talking and everything's great. I know they've just recently integrated into HP's sort of, their, their CAS servers integrated into HP's whatever they call CAS. <laughs> I think they're calling it Anywhere now. Yeah, Anywhere, yeah. The new yeah. Uh, new name for the Teradici CAS, which is, and HP had their own sort of remote access, you know, I can't yeah. pronounce what it was, but Anywhere, <laughs> it, it's better than nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so we're, you know, we're obviously keeping pace. We have weekly meetings with those guys. We're rolling, keeping that rolling out as a cloud access product. That, that acquisition slowed their development up a little bit on the M1 side. So it was one of those unfortunate, you're getting acquired. Apple just switched their hardware platform. The, the, that final jump into the Mac pool was great, but it was Intel only at first. And so, which was fine because of the VFX side of things, you know, the 2019 Pro is a good fit or really heavy duty Max is a good fit. But what we ultimately want to get to is ARM. And there's, I think, starting some alpha testing in that direction, which is exciting. And so we're very hopeful that as that goes, we'll suck that protocol in too. Friend of our pod and our live producer, Felipe, who loves his 2019 uh, Mac Pro, he uses for live and audio production. But those are great workhorses, and I'm sure you have a few of them at Mac Stadium. We do. We uh, we were trying to grab them as quickly as possible. You know, it's an, again an interesting thing for us was we knew we got really excited because again, since XServe, it was the first thing we saw that had the potential for rack mount at a different density level because we love what we do, but it's a bit insane when you think about how we're racking these <laughs> crazy things and Apple does what's best for the end user customer. So that doesn't mean they give a crap about what shape fits in a rack best or how it does or if it does. So we're always kind of on our toes with what's coming next. Um, my, my joke is always like, it's gonna be a starfish shape next. Just get ready, we're gonna have to deal with it. So we were super excited about the 2019 Pro. It is a huge workhorse. Uh, it's it's interesting how it fits in the, in the rack. And I think there are creatives that use it. The challenge for us was like from a virtualization perspective, and a CI perspective, it was sort of a weird duck because now you can make like a $20,000 VM or you can, you know, so it didn't take off on the CI side like we thought it would, but for sure, like game designers and some creatives are really, they still call for it and need it, want it. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a sort of filling that space in a way that I now see the demand for studio. Like we're seeing a lot of, a lot of our game companies come in and go, even with virtual, we need this crazy thing, but it fits in an even denser space and it's got all this power. And With all those PCI slots, I mean, I know Felipe said he likes his 16 terabyte NVMe RAID that he has in it. So <laughs> I suppose there's options for, you know, if you want your own faster storage built into the Mac Pro, perhaps that's something that you guys are doing i'm not sure or if you yeah have a, a it, it has become sort of a custom conversation when it comes to that particular model you know typically when we have assets like mac minis or 2013 pros or whatever they're sort of abc and you just pick them and you go with the 2019 pro we usually do have a custom conversation with the customer because it is so configurable and honestly it's driven by the the, the work they're doing usually like i said 
you know, the, the game companies want multiple graphics cards jammed in there, top-notch ones as fast as it can go, and then somebody like that might want a ton of storage. And mm-hmm. on the one hand, the cloud side, it's like, hey, we're trying to sort of standardize so we can click a button and get it. But then on the other side, are like, well, but there's all this other cool stuff you can do with Macs. And so, you know, we try to fit both buckets as much as we can. And where, where are you seeing the new studio if you can get your hands on them? <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple. There, there were uh, engineering racks specifically for that. We've actually saw general excitement about it at first just because it's such a big step up in capacity. So we even had a lot of CI customers jump in and say, I want to test it. And we're like, well, we would too, because we need to adapt the software to it. So right now we're testing mostly bare metal. We do have a customer experimenting with it with Orca, but there's some tweaks in Orca that need to be made to understand what a studio is. Again, we're seeing, you know, game companies come in and go, yeah, we, we, we definitely need this. We have these crazy builds with terabytes worth of digital assets that need to go into every single build and all this kind yeah. of stuff. So. So we see it there. The part where we're trying to read the tea leaves and hedge our bets and figure out what the future is, is from a, how you put it in a data center and the, the rack size and all that good stuff. Um, and the fact that right now we know you can only get two VMs on it, it's trying to figure out who that's a good fit for. So we think creatives for sure. We're pretty sure game companies from a CI perspective, we're not so sure the rest of our customer base has a other than it's cool and super fast and everybody would like to touch one anyway, but uh, you know, from a day-to-day, like, can you afford it? Should you afford it? Do you want to do it? Perspective, does it make as much sense? And when we finally get them, because we've got a few, but I think the bulk of them are coming at the end of June, and then the more that we're ordering are getting more like July, and then Apple had amazing earnings and also told us that the global supply chain's a real thing, and we're about to get hit by it worse, so that's that's something. Yeah. Between those things and WWDC in June, where Grumman keeps strongly hinting at M2s and uh, other architectures, you know, like it's, it's like if we load up on all of these before we have it sorted and then M2 comes out, the same conversation comes around in a way we go, forget the studio, we want the M2 now. And you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> so we're trying to be supportive, but also a little cautious on how we deploy it, I guess is the right way to, to explain that. I mean, Apple does tend to move quickly sometimes, right? This is the way we're going now, or here's something new and this is it. Yeah. You know, when we first started from Mac Mini Colo days to now, you know, one of the bragging points we used to have when we would talk to other companies or strategics about our data center was we never retire hardware and Apple Apple refreshes every five years. And then, boy, have they uh, flipped that on its head. And I think we're down to, you know, well, they said two years for the whole ARM transition, and we're seeing new models every six months now. So it's uh, it's quite the change from a, hey, we've still got 2012s in our racks sitting there doing stuff for people, legitimate stuff, not just as a curiosity, but people still use it because it's still usable. And now it's, you know, every five seconds, something's coming out. So <laughs> makes for a fun day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a good problem to have, I guess. Lots of new yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's fun, to, fun to adapt to all of that for sure. I mean, we ultimately want to be the Mac cloud experts and, and be able to be the go-to partner for all sort of solving that stuff with folks. I mean, because that's, that's, that's how we make the cool stuff. So, Well, we really love what we're seeing at Mac Stadium and people are, are raving about you and uh, they love, love Orca and love everything you guys are doing. Awesome. 
thank you for supporting all our people that attend our conference <laughs> and, and thanks for doing cool stuff. Well, we appreciate it. That's the community that makes us exist. So uh, we're, we're here for it all, all the time. Yeah, maybe we can uh, do something like we did last year. Last year, we had a couple of VMs for our hack uh, night, and then maybe we could try playing with some projects. And I'd love yeah. to uh, maybe even uh, kick kick Orca a bit or something and see if it makes sense or see yeah. what, what kind of uh, I see more. I mean, I started Mac DevOps eight years ago because I knew that things were moving more into the cloud. And even though I'm still on-prem storage uh, person, <laughs> I, I'm moving more and more to the cloud for everything. So we, we're here to learn about it. So Moving from uh, a Mac OS running Apache to Docker to, oh, let's, let me actually host that somewhere, I think is a story that a lot of people are into right now. And like, how do I professionally or, you know, like get this off my desk and get it somewhere where it's safe and, and serve my clients and all that. So, yeah, no, I, I think we see that a lot. You know, we, we see that in the Teradici use case too, as we've gotten in the VFX space, you know, with, with storage and how, how do you move assets to and from locations and, and it becomes sort of the, I think ultimately the hybrid use case becomes the, the ultimate dream where you do what you need to do on the thing that you have and then you scale it easily and seamlessly to a cloud or to multiple clouds or to multiple resources. And I think that's that's what we're working on all the time, not just the cloud, but being able to help shift things back and forth as easily and gracefully as possible with the constraint that it's Apple and it's always going to be different and special. So, <laughs> But, you know, the, the, the people that we know love using their Macs for everything. So whether it's VFX or post-production or CICD or running Xcode or, you know, supporting Macs, you know, as, as, as IT, uh, there's so many different ways of using a Mac. And so we appreciate Mac Stadium being out there trying to figure out how to best support all these people with their <laughs> different use cases. Yeah, well, and, and we love it too. I, I mean, and, and to me, I, I mean, like I said in the earlier, I've been been on a Mac or with a Mac for a good chunk of my career, and I, I really do think it's one of the best tools out there. And definitely, it's what I have on my desktop. It's what I use every day. It's the tools that I'm used to. And I, I, I frankly hope to continue to push this and give it more more presence in the cloud and more capability in the cloud because I think. That's that's where you know other clouds have taken off, and they sort of push the operating systems and tooling that go along with what made those big. But I think there's no reason Apple couldn't be just the same too. So you know that's that's our goal is to to make Apple tools everywhere for everybody and and, and get everybody hooked on it. Yeah, and and the unsung heroes are the ones that are running the infrastructure behind the scenes. There's a lot of people working behind the scenes to manage servers, whether sometimes they're Linux servers or Mac servers. And we need this infrastructure to support our creatives and people doing whatever they're doing every day. So let's keep talking and uh, keep uh, seeing what we can do to to help everybody in this uh, community. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, thank you. We really appreciate it and and love everything you guys are doing and 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 growing the community like this is awesome. And if uh, people uh, have some cool ideas or use cases or want to be a customer of Mac Stadium, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, you can send anything into, I think it's uh, support or info at macstadium.com. Uh, also sales at macstadium.com, although that might take you down a, or whatever you want to buy from us route. <laughs> you can also check out our website at www.macstadium.com. We just did a giant sort of refresh rebuild of that site, and it's got a lot of really strong content and sort of areas you can go and lots of links for you to submit ideas and submit requests and whole new look and feel. And it looks really nice. Stuff. I was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. checking it out. The, 
some really nice drop down menus and uh, t- talking about the different uh, products and different ways bare metal yeah. storage orca vmware like i said you're starting to see a shift from sort of that traditional mac data center to that really like what's a, what does what does a mac cloud really look like and how should that feel for everybody so so yeah, cool. definitely check that out and give us all your ideas. We're super open to it and love to test and experiment and hear about all the things people are doing because that really helps us shape the way we move. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us on the Mac DevOps podcast, Chris. Really appreciated. Thanks. I enjoyed it. The Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast is looking for sponsors. Support and encourage developers in IT to work together to solve problems for our community by sponsoring Mac DevOps. If you're interested in sponsoring the Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast, send an email to hello at mdoyvr.com. Thank you to our awesome Mac DevOps sponsors. For the 2022 Mac DevOps conference, we would like to thank Kanji, our platinum sponsor. Thank you, Kanji. Visit them at kanji.io. Our gold sponsor is SimpleMDM. Thank you, SimpleMDM. Visit them at simplemdm.com. Our silver sponsor is Adigy. Thank you, Adigy. Visit them at adigy.com. And thank you to our live stream sponsor, Mac Stadium. Visit them at macstadium.com. Our graphics recording sponsor is FleetDM. Please visit them at fleetdm.com. Please take a moment to visit all our sponsors. We could not hold Mac DevOps YVR without the support of our sponsors. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests and thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by JD Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. I think you hit everything. Good job, Matt. Oh, awesome. hey, you can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> <laughs>